I think just acknowledging that some of these things are A, a bummer, and B, going to increase anxiety is a good thing because acknowledging triggers makes them easier to manage. I feel much more hopeful than I do scared. Welcome back, you guys. That was one of the weirder weeks of my life. (laughs) How about you? How are you holding up in all of this? Did you listen to last week's episode? I kind of gave you a bit of a picture of where I was. I've learned quite a lot this week, and I thought that I would check in with you guys, give you some likes and learns, which if you're new here, it's a segment that I do where I share something that I've been liking, something that I've been learning, but I've been learning and and liking, honestly, quite a few things. So also today's episode is a bit of a variety show. I'm going to give you a clip from Spiraling, the anxiety podcast that I co-host with Serena Wolf. And I think many of you listen to both podcasts. So if this is repetitive, feel free to skip on through. However, Maybe some of you don't, or maybe some of you don't have anxiety and that podcast, which is a humorous anxiety show, just isn't of interest to you and that's totally fine. But I thought I would share this clip. It's the first episode from the new season and it's just an episode that we recorded last week in the midst of this where I kind of share about where I am physically and mentally (laughs) and I keep saying on this podcast that I was going to do an update about why I was traveling and how long I was traveling and then what happened after my travel and why it was cut short and a pandemic update of sorts. And I do that in that episode. So you'll hear a clip from that and just a conversation with Serena and I about where we are in the midst of this. So in this episode, something very exciting. Spiraling is an anxiety show, like I said, that really is just a conversation show between Serena and I. But this year, we decided we wanted to have guests. And with that, we were thinking about who we wanted to have on. And I thought about Jen Gotch, who's someone I've followed her work and been really enamored by for years. And I didn't know if we would be able to have her on as a guest. But long story short, you can hear the full interview and the full story of this in the spiraling episode that's coming out tomorrow. If you're listening to this the day it comes out. But I wanted to air a clip of my interview with Jen Gotch, which I did for Spiraling for Serena and I did it on my own. Serena was meant to be here in LA, but she had to leave early due to the pandemic. But I recorded this interview with Jen and it was one of my favorite interviews I've ever recorded. So I wanted to put a bit of it here on Let It Out as well. And you can hear the full episode on Spiraling. So before we get to either of those clips, I want to hang out with you guys for a little bit and just tell you what I've learned and where I've been in the last week and where I've been will be real quick. It's just here in the same place. I'm in LA and I've learned quite a lot. I think this, this time has been very illuminating for me. On Monday, I taught a workshop, a writing workshop that was just a blast. It was really cool to lead a journaling, expressive writing 
community event. It was free. And one of the exercises I gave that I think really landed with people was something that I happened to do for myself. I've been writing a lot of notes. I'm in my friend's place and I've been like using all of her post-its and posting them up. And when I have a thought, writing it down, and which is not untypical for me. But I think because I've had more space and more to process, a lot of feelings and emotions have been coming into my brain that I feel like I need to put somewhere. So writing has been especially cathartic for me. And if this is useful to any of you, I did this exercise myself and then I I did it in this workshop, like I said, and I just wrote down, complete the sentence, what I miss. And these might be things like you never thought you would miss, like seeing a familiar stranger or massages or being able to have a glass of wine and sit at the bar or bookstores or going to the movies, you know, there's so much that we can't do right now. And I think to honor that and write that down felt really cathartic. And then I also, on the other side of that activity, I wrote down what I have, which was so many people checking in on me, people picking up the phone and calling that I haven't heard from in a while. I did a Zoom hangout with a group of friends of mine last night that I barely ever see. We like only get together for weddings and you know, the pandemic, (laughs) you know, we haven't seen each other since the last wedding of the group. And that was really beautiful. You know, how these really heavy things can soften people, can bring people together in the vulnerability of it. So I wrote down all the things I do have, like more time for art and music and connection. And I'm in LA, which I'm so grateful for. So I'm able to go outside and walk. And I've been going on so many walk and talks with people. And that's been really useful. So I wrote down everything I was grateful for and what I do have, and that felt really useful. So I don't know, maybe that exercise is useful to you. Maybe journaling is useful to you. My book is available if anyone wants a lot of prompts. And I'm working on something that I'll have ready for you guys next week, but a specific journaling workshop that's new with new prompts that you guys can do now. So that'll be coming. But anyway, I, I wonder if writing is useful to any of you guys. Let me know. And then the other thing, you know, calling people on the phone, just picking up the phone and calling people, checking in on people, you know, they'll likely pick up right now because everyone's life is sort of in flux. And I know that people are calling me out of the blue and I'm picking up the phone, which is nice. And a lot of people are dancing on the internet, which is nice. I am trying to learn the dance from Sister Act 2. Have you guys seen that movie? It's a delight. I watched it when I was in Australia with some of my friends. And just let me tell you, it's It's a great film to watch in your solitude if you just need a a smile. And then I also wanted to talk about, I think I mentioned this maybe last week, but you don't have to do anything during this time. You know, I think seeing on the internet how many people are organizing and being productive and being creative. And I think it can make us feel like we're not good enough. And I just want to, again, give you guys a big break to remember that it's a pandemic. It's pretty heavy. Do your best. Do what feels good. It might be doing a lot of creative work and doing a bunch of things and talking to a lot of people on Zoom. It might be just watching TV in your bed. It might be a combination of those things. But above all, be gentle with yourselves. And if you're feeling unsure and anxious, talk to someone. And there's so many resources right now. And I just hope no one feels too alone during this time. Serena and I talk in spiraling about our anxiety 
management tools and I've talked about it here before, but CBD is really useful to me. And my favorite brand, my favorite producer of CBD is Cured Nutrition and they're sponsoring today's episode. If you haven't used CBD, maybe now is the time to start. It's most commonly incorporated into wellness regimens to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, reduce the body's stress load. I use it sometimes before bed or or during the day when I'm feeling a bit anxious and I love their treats. They make these cookie dough snacks that are really, really great. And they have these mushroom plus CBD blends. They have, like I said, snacks and tinctures and they even have dog treats and all of them work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of the psychoactive component. And not many other companies can say that their products are completely locally sourced and crafted in-house. They have this very cool farm to bottle business model and they're made in Boulder, Colorado. I got to meet them. I really, really love this company. Each product is third party tested for potency and purity and it has the absence of any harmful contaminants like pesticides or heavy metals and they're just fully transparent which I love and you can read more about that on their website but again I love this company I am finding CBD really useful right now and just normally so check out Cured if you've been wanting to try CBD or you just need a refill (laughs) you can use the code let it out and that's good for 15% off your order again that's let it out and that's good for 15% off your order So I've been trying to stay really hydrated lately, which is not easy for me. I'm not great at remembering to drink water, but today's episode is brought to you by Hydrant and they create these flavored electrolyte packets that you can mix right into your water. And each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes that your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. And they help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day, which is pretty cool. And this is apparently backed by science and research. And it was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, effective hydration with no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners, which I really love. My friend actually first gave me a hydrant packet months ago, way before they were a sponsor. When I was sick, I had a sinus infection and she was like, you need to do something about that. Like, take this, drink a lot of water. And it really helped. It reminded me to drink more water. I liked the taste of it. And there's really nothing, you know, on the market that can help with a hangover. But they do say that these packets tend to help because hydration is so important after a night of drinking because alcohol dehydrates you and has this diuretic effect. So a lot of people use hydrant to help replace the lost fluids and give you some more electrolytes when you've been drinking or when you've been sick. And so anyway, I I haven't really been drinking in a very long time, but you know, I can see how that would be helpful. So Hydrant is really effective and it's cost effective too. It starts at just a dollar per packet for their 30 day supply. And you can get 25% off your first order when you go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code, let it out at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code, let it out for 25% off your first order. Again, that's drinkhydrant.com promo code, let it out. Thanks, Hydrant. You're the best. All right, here's a clip from Spiraling. 
of Serena and I talking a bit about this moment that we're in. Jumping on the phone with you yesterday, Serena, when when I sat down and like going off what you were saying about guilt and uncertainty and not knowing how to speak about our particular situations publicly because of comparison with that, I sat down and and you were like, "How are you? Like, how are you doing? Like." And I was like, yeah, so I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best. I th- everyone has these really hard situations and, you know, I'm healthy. And you're like, uh, dude, you have it rough. Like you can say yes. like you're I'm in like, an intense situation. I think what's crazy is there are always currently and in, in life in general, there is always somebody who is in a worse position and and a you know a quote unquote better position however i do believe the grass is always greener but there is always going to be you can always come up with 10 examples when you think of anything bad that happens in your life where there are 10 examples of people who have it worse and i think trying not to feel our feelings in a time like this is so counterintuitive i think you know in general it is so important to just feel our feelings and let them, we talk about this all the time, let them out. What we resist persists. If we just allow ourselves to feel sad or angry or frustrated, it will make us feel better. And sometimes we just need a good cry. And regardless, I, this is like what actually breaks um... my heart. Yeah. Like Katie, to me, even in our dynamic, I like feel guilty saying anything because Katie is alone in isolation and I have Logan. So I feel like I can't like say that I'm struggling because I'm like, well, obviously like I like, yes, like this is hard for me, but it's harder for Katie because she has anxiety and she doesn't have Logan with her. <laughs> so, like, you know, and she think, doesn't know how to cook. <laughs> and, yes. I'm not, but like, I just think it's not necessarily helpful for any of us to i think we have to be obviously aware of our privilege but like when you're talking to your friends or your family it's okay to express that you are scared or frustrated or sad or feeling like you're going crazy or your anxiety is off the chain right now yes (laughs) this is as we like to say in this family this is a let it out production (laughs) this is this is part of the let it out family, which is all about this exact thing. You know, this is, this is my whole shtick, you know, of what I, what I talk about on let it out and what I talk about in my book with journaling and with therapy and with what I do with my other podcast, you know, it's, it's essentially this it's, I believe that what we hold in hurts us. And if we don't let it out, it festers and it creates resentment and it creates sadness and disease and it's it's poison for us you know so i really yeah. think that sharing our experience in creative work is important in our relationships is important and if we don't that is not benign like that actually hurts us and it's complicated right now and i get that it's really complicated for me but like this post i'm sitting on that i'm going to like mm-hmm. post probably after this like i have to do it not because it is going to be useful for other people, which I hope it is, but also because it is useful for me to be able to share my experience, to feel less alone, to connect, to be part of the world. And I think that is important. And it's, yeah, it's it's complicated right now, but it needs to be 
it needs to be done. And getting on the phone with you yesterday when you said that you were like, you can, you can do it. You can let it out. I was like, ah, I felt like this exhale where I could just be like, yeah, this is really tough and I'm really scared and I don't know what to do. And, and maybe I should update people on my situation. Yes. Um, this is important. <laughs> where we left people last season, I yes. was living in New York. I moved out of my apartment and my plan was to spend most of 2020 traveling and being nomadic. Weird year to do that. <laughs> I hadn't left the country for like nearly a decade before last year. And last year in my, what Serena affectionately referred to as my cocoon year, (laughs) I bizarrely went to Paris on a whim very quickly in February, right after the breakup that we talked about a lot last year. (laughs) Um, And after that, I was kind of like, oh, this is amazing. I want to keep doing this. And I'm lucky that I can with my work right now. And so I spent a month in Europe traveling. And then after that, I came back to New York and I was like, oh, I I think I'm addicted. Like, I want to keep doing this for sure. (laughs) So I was in a short-term living situation where I was subleasing somewhere in New York for all of the fall because I loved the fall in New York and had work things in the city. And then I was like, I'll miss a winter. This will be great. So I moved my stuff back into my best friend's place around the corner in Greenpoint where I was living. And then I spent January in Bali, February in Australia, which lately when I'm like talking to people about like, oh, where were you? Like I find myself not wanting to say those things out loud because I was in an Asian country for a month and then I was in Australia. And like Australia feels like a place where like because you know Tom and Rita are most cherished celebrity, <laughs> our most cherished and beloved celebrities. Um, oh, of course, Tom did you see the Whitney Cummings her. thing where she was like, "Yeah, of course it got our <laughs> most beloved celebrity, seriously, universally beloved." And anyway, be, I think because of that, people are like <gasps> Australia, <gasps> Bali, and so I'm like, I don't even want to say that out loud. So I just feel like I'm constantly, you know. But it, what you, as Lacey Phillips says, what you don't own owns you. So I'm, yes. I really am telling everyone where I was, and it's still, <laughs> they're just gonna have to. Understand and Katie or not. Is currently in isolation. So yeah, I'm in isolation. I feel great. It's also been the 14 days yes. since I have been back. So and I don't yeah. have any symptoms. If anyone is concerned, I've been afraid. I've been so. I've had to like re-record Insta stories a couple of times today. One just because like some spit went down the wrong way and I choked on it and uh-huh. I was dry coughing and I didn't want people to think that I was. I know coronavirus and I don't want anyone to worry or to like cause panic. You know, it's, I know, I know whenever I'm blowing my nose just because of like something spicy, I'm afraid (laughs) that people are going to be upset with me or like, it was a really interesting vibe. So I got back to LA on March 4th or something like that. And I was meant to be here for a month in one place where I'm staying right now. And I'm in sort of uh, the holiday. If you've seen that movie with Cameron Diaz and Jack Black, I'm in like yes, a version of the holiday. But my friend who I'm, I'm taking her room, she has an apartment in Mexico City. And actually not, not my friend. Friend now, we have bonded over this, but I've never <laughs> met this person. This is a person who, someone who did my podcast, a friend of mine, this is a friend of hers. So this is like a friend of a friend. But we are sending these voice texts back and forth now. And she's just kind of like... I'm kind of stuck here. You're kind of stuck there. This is the apocalyptic version of the holiday. And it is very bizarre. It's also in my like apocalyptic version of Eat, Pray, Love that I'm in. Of like, this was not what I was expecting of, you know, 
being able to travel. And I, w- I was meant to extend my trip as we're recording this. I was meant to be in Mexico today. And it's a lot of just having to be really present and a lot of having to just surrender to the fact of like, none of this is in my control. This is a, this was a year that I thought last year traveling was so easy and great. And I'm like, Oh, I can keep doing that. This is amazing. This is great. Like it's such a fortunate position where I can work from anywhere. But unfortunately I didn't budget for the amount of flights that I had to change. And I was meant to go back to Bali for a bit of time and like lost so much money on having to change that trip and having to just be flexible with not knowing what's going to happen and what's safe. And it's a bummer. It's a bummer because I was really enjoying that. And it it's also made me so grateful for travel and so grateful that I've been able to see the world and fly on airplanes and do it so safely and have people all over the world. And And it's making me sad to think about now that that's the reality of the situation is like, I don't know when I'll be able to travel again or how travel will be in the future. We just, we, there's so much unknown here. And, you know, the other major, major thing that this is bringing up, which is another point we wanted to talk about is, you know, it's making me so grateful for humanity and the connections that I have with people from all over the world. And so grateful for technology that I'm allowed to reach them in so many different ways. The fact that Serena and I are still able to do this, even though we can't be in person, I can't imagine a situation like this without technology. Oh my God. It's it's actually been kind of amazing that it has really forced me to carve out time to reach out to the people that I need to that I I want to talk to and make sure that they're okay and whatever. Sometimes it's it's like created an, a sense of urgency in a good way we're finally all using our phones for things other than just like texting and scrolling Instagram, which is yeah. miraculous. I'm having virtual cocktail hour at seven with my college friends, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, I think there are ways to feel connected, but I also think that the human connection element is something that so many people rely on as an anxiety coping mechanism. You know, I think it's something that we, yes, physical touch is so important for so many people. You know, for for those of you like me who, when you're really panicking, you don't like to be touched, I feel you. But in, in general, when I'm not having a panic attack, I love to be touched. I'm such a touchy feely person. Also, I'm, I'm just a quality time person. It helps me on a daily basis to be meeting with people in person, seeing friends, you know, the getting out of the house and putting on clothes and yes. Yeah. Being amongst the people is just important for our energy. And I think, yes, we have a, a virtual substitute, but it's not a replacement. It's just not the same. And I just want to acknowledge that because I I don't want to just brush this under the rug by being like, FaceTime your friends. Like, you, yes, you should. Yeah, it's not the same. FaceTime your friends, but it's not the same. And I think just acknowledging that some of these things are A, a bummer, and B, going to increase anxiety is a good thing because acknowledging triggers makes them easier to manage. It's the same way, you know, I always talk about 
self-talk and sort of talking yourself off the ledge. And I think sometimes literally being able to articulate exactly what the things are that are primarily triggering you in any situation is so helpful. And it's really hard to do. It's mm-hmm. a little bit easier for me right now, I've found, because usually when I'm at home, I, I also often have triggerless anxiety. So I'm just, I'll be walking to the grocery store you know, and start to feel really anxious and try to figure out what's going on and be unable to pinpoint it. This past week, I've actually been pretty clear on what my triggers are. And that has actually helped me keep things in check. I have had very bad... My anxiety has been very bad this week, but I have not had any full-blown panic attacks and it's still just been mostly generalized, which I'm grateful for. It's all a scale. (laughs) I would rather this than be having panic attacks every day. But I think that's largely because I've been able to go through. So for me right now, my main triggers are lack of human connection and I have Logan. So that's why I'm very worried, honestly, everyone about Katie and about everybody else out there that is in isolation completely alone. The fear element, I don't know. I'm going to put this in the same category as uncertainty. The things, uncertainty in general, my anxiety, my Anxiety loves uncertainty. We've discussed this at length in season one, but like uncertainty is the biggest, worst trigger for my anxiety because it allows that when I have free floating brain space, the what ifs can quickly spiral and become completely overwhelming. So now there are just countless what ifs. Like, what if my parents, both of whom are high risk and have underlying conditions, contract this virus? What if the stock market doesn't recover? What if the number of you know deaths skyrockets? What if we are stuck in this you know isolation for months on end? There are endless what ifs here, and I'm not trying to make anyone listening have a full-blown panic attack right now, but... Well, that's a good point. Like the more you listen to it, the more you're like, you're, in a, you're just giving an example, but the more we're listening to the news, the more we're listening to this stuff, it's adding, it's kindling the fire of our anxiety. Yes. 1000%. I don't know how anybody who has anxiety is not feeling triggered recently. For me, I feel insanely lucky that illness is not a trigger for me in the sense that I don't have any hypochondria. I'm not Usually I'm the person touching the, you know, subway poles and banisters and whatever, and then like eating afterwards. You know, I'm just not. Same. Yeah. I'm so I mean, bad shit, we shouldn't that say that right now because then no one's going to ever want to hang out with us ever again. <laughs> I am well, so clean and hyper aware right now. Everyone, please still be my I friend know, because I might too. die if I have to be alone forever. <laughs> my hands are literally falling off to prove it. But also, like, if anybody needs a hand cream wreck, I'm sure everyone does. You soon, <laughs> like, Deep repair is an excellent choice. Anyway. Not sponsored, but hit <laughs> us up. List your Listerine. Userine. Listerine. Listerine. A lot of people are in close quarters. We are going a little so crazy. That's right true. Now, That's true. So the uncertainty for me, it's not about me getting the virus. And now I feel a little bit better because obviously my fear surrounding me getting the virus is that I would spread it to somebody else who is high risk, you know, or I would just be a vector for the spread, which we're all trying to contain right now. So I do feel better being like, if I'm going to get develop this from, you know, my travel last week, I'm going to get it and I'm going to be in isolation and then I'm going to continue to quarantine for, you know, 
however long is necessary to be safe and re-enter the world. But like, it's really just the uncertainty and the lack of connection. And then also, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that like we do part of our jobs is social media. Mm -hmm. And I have had just so much crippling anxiety the past week about saying and doing the right thing. And all I ever want is to be useful. So it's actually been a great time for me because I'm like, my skill set's really coming in clutch, working from home and cooking. And like everybody's working from home and having to cook for themselves right now. So it's been very calming for me to be useful. But at the same time, I obviously always want to do right by my community as do you. You're like such a connector and such a supporter of people. And the fear of A, letting people down, the people pleaser in me hates that, or saying the wrong thing or promoting any sort of unsafe behavior or hurting someone's feelings or failing to acknowledge you know, my privilege in any way, shape or form is just sometimes crippling. Like sometimes I like go to do something work related. I'm like, Oh, I just, I I can't do it. And I completely shut down. And Katie and I talked about this at length last week. And it was like, I was starting to get, and I, I love Instagram stories. I love my community on Instagram and like the concept that I was like starting to break out in a full sweat, like opening the app at one point next week was just something I had never experienced before. And I think I'm going to have to be really careful with that as well about limiting my usage of social media at times when I feel my anxiety is peaking. Do you feel like social media is calming or triggering your anxiety right now? A little bit of both. I mean, I I want to go back a little bit about my situation with with all of this as well. Of like when when we spoke last week, and you were like, "Hey, I'm I'm flying back. Like, I, I'm not going to be here. We're we're not going to record in person." And I I said to you, you know, you were like, "How are you doing?" And I was like, "Honestly, I'm not really anxious. I'm super depressed. Like, I'm just yeah. really sad." And I was really low, and I was also really jet lagged. So. I was staying up really late and waking up really late and I hadn't seen another person. And this was before the quarantine really mm-hmm. took hold at all. But I, I just hadn't, I didn't put anything on my calendar the week before quarantine because I knew I was going to be jet lagged and out of it. And I'm in a new city where I don't really know people and I'm in a different time zone, even though it's slight comparatively to where I was, it's still can be a bit hard to connect, especially if I'm waking up so late and staying up so late. And so I was already kind of in my version of quarantine, which was like fine for those weeks. Cause I was like, all right, I'm going to get, I had a bunch of hangs planned this week. I was meant to go to Mexico with friends for (laughs) my 30th birthday tomorrow. I was going to be with you all day today. Like all this stuff was going to be happening. So I was like, you know, really kind of preparing for that, getting caught up from being gone on a trip. And it was also very jarring because I had been with people while I was with in Australia nonstop. I was around friends, old friends, new friends, mostly friends I've known for a really long time from college, friends I've known for like a decade. So I was in this really cozy bubble. And then suddenly I was back in LA, a city that is not mine, alone. And then all of this started to happen like a week after that. So I had already spent a lot of time alone. And like you said, Serena, coping mechanism of 
being around people is like super me. Like you and our mutual friend Phoebe and a couple of our other friends like kind of make fun of me in the sense of like <laughs> Katie is always down. Katie is just like running around New York with your like Phoebe said this thing to me the other day. She's like, you know, you're just like kind of always running around with your backpack. And like when I moved to New York, I was so new and down for anything that you and her and like a bunch of our friends would just kind of invite me to anything and I would always go. Like I yeah. always went to everything. <laughs> and I it's you one know, of Katie's I, best qualities, if we're being honest. Like, I yeah, love it so oh, thank much. thank you. Um, <laughs> burns me out. It makes me feel overwhelmed and like a little sleepy all the time and real, realizing that like, I'm not sure if it's like the best for my mental wellness, but you know, that's what this is really confronting. You know, this whole experience is really confronting the fact that like one of my main coping mechanisms, yes, for anxiety, but also a distraction from feeling my feelings, a distraction from being with myself and doing a lot of the integration and self-work, self-reflection that is required to actually take the things that I read about in self-help books or listen to on podcasts or write about in my journal or learn through therapy or hypnosis or like any of these plethora of things that I've tried. And as we all know in this family, I've tried all of them. However, it's the like sitting with yourself and just like doing the actual work that is where growth happens. And if you're running around New York City or traveling the world or all of the above, in my case, there's not much integration happening. And this is really confronting that. This is like, okay, do the work, sit down, make the art. And that's another thing I said to Serena when you were saying about how you feel like you have a skill set that really suits this time of how you can serve people. I feel the same where, you know, mine is definitely not cooking and working from home, but mine is using something hard and creativity and letting it out. You know, journaling is like, this is a prime time for journaling. This is a prime time (laughs) to make a podcast or make a piece of creative art. I think you're doing amazing work. I think that you are a life artist. I think you encourage other people to pursue their creative passions, which is a gift that is very rare. You encourage people to a just like take risks in big ways. Like I think creating a, a new podcast is is a big risk. But I also I'm I totally understand nobody spending money right now. And I'm just wondering how all of this is going to play out across many different realms because I wonder if people like I'm really intrigued to see if a bunch of super low quality in a traditional sense, like super low production value podcasts, videos, like all of these things are there's just going to be like a giant burst in creativity on a less perfectionist scale. Does that make sense? I hope so. I mean I hope it just encourages people to share how they're feeling and share how they're dealing with this, whether they're writers, whether they're people who make videos, whether they're creators and yeah. any way, anyway, social media, like I hope that this, I think art comes from these sorts of times. And this is so uncharted. Like we've never experienced anything like this in our li- lifetime. No. And I think that like the crazy thing is, like you said, journaling can be so helpful for people right now. If you are anxious and you haven't tried journaling, like that could be something that could potentially be a game changer for you. Like it has been for Katie. I think that I I just, I want to, I think you're going to make a lot of people feel seen by just admitting that your 
career and income streams are very compromised right now. And that is terrifying. And mine are as well, but I have the privilege of, as we we've talked about in the past is like, I have the marriage safety net right now. And it doesn't make me feel less anxious about my career as a whole, but like, I don't have the same financial fear. Our goal on the podcast to always be to make people feel less alone. We wanted to share that our careers and you know finances are unstable right now. We are 1000% acknowledging our privilege and that we have homes and food and are very safe. But if you are feeling really uncertain about career choice, what's happening in your career right now, this is just widespread. I think everybody is experiencing this some yeah. much more intensely than others, but like in, in literally every career, every person I've talked to, has expressed this. Serena has just been so great this week and in general, she's such a good egg and I'm so grateful that we do this project together. She's one of the greatest people in my life. Also, coming up is a clip from my episode with Jen Koch, who again is just a delight and I'm so happy that we got to do this and I'm really excited for you to hear this little clip from our conversation and if you liked it go over to spiraling tomorrow and listen to the full interview with jen i think that you will really love her and her book the upside of being down is really fantastic her voice comes through and it's just a really easy cozy read right now i'm flying through it and i really love it all right i hope you guys are ready for this jen gotch i love her i've loved her for a very long time it was such an honor to get to interview her and I'm excited for you to hear a clip of that right now. Let me know if you have any further questions for Jen because I think she's going to come back on the podcast. I loved having this conversation and I can't wait to speak to her again. We're really heading into such a really fucking cool time. I mean, I think shit's about to go down. Anyways. <laughs> Tell me more about that. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I just think like if you can take a minute again, I have like had the luxury of just like really being able to unplug from the information that's icing the cake right now. But I think like underneath it all, something magnificent is going to happen because within even just you think about last week to right now, our whole world and landscape has changed. And Completely. Like, we're being forced to do all of these things that everyone was like, is this bad for you? Or like, is this bad for the environment? Or, you know, and there were, the, you know, there were people talking about that, but it was just going to be a hard thing to reset on our own because like, how do you get, you know, billions of people to just stop doing what they've been doing? And I yeah. just feel like, well, here we are. <laughs> <this is> <laughs> And so it doesn't mean, and like me feeling happy and encouraged by that doesn't mean like it's not going to be scary, but I think it's just like any other major thing. It's like, well, you can sit and be scared or you can just stand up and walk and just like see, and I don't know, kind of find some weird way to be excited about like people are going to crave the type of information that we all should have been craving and they're going to have the time and opportunity to like digest the information 
I think it's it'll affect leadership. It'll affect it's going to affect everything. Like, how cool is that? And I think for the better. I don't. I think it's going to be incredibly painful during the process, but yeah, I feel much more hopeful than I do scared. But also because I think, and I was saying this yesterday, like fear and anxiety, like those are just, those are just futile emotions. Like there's actually nothing you can do with those except for feel awful. Nothing productive happens, Yeah, you know? And so I just think like the faster we can like unhinge from that and in turn the fear into like acceptance and like surrender to some level, not in a, not in a weak way, but I think there's a lot of strength in surrendering. And then just accepting that allows, is very empowering. And then you can just be like, okay, well, let's not fear any of it. Let's just, this is bad things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Devastating things are going to happen. But let, I mean, you can either persevere or not. You have only two choices. Yeah. I think it's interesting at the beginning that you mentioned heartbreak because I think this is very akin to the experience of, heartbreak or a breakup and moving through that of like, you know, on some level on the other side of this is going to be change and growth, but it doesn't make it less annoying and painful in the in-between and we're in the in-between right now. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can work towards it's it's one hundred percent true as someone who has been through so much so many breakups <laughs> and felt like what how could life possibly go on like it will and it does and it's like the the faster you can move through this process the part where you are just coming to terms with it and not looking back and wishing things were different than how they are. Because they are. <laughs> yeah. We can't wish it away. The faster you can move to the next phase, which is entering into the part where you can like grow and learn and heal. Like why postpone that? Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. And and like to me, indulging a feeling like heartbreak and and feeling that feeling in your body, not in your mind, not heartbreak in that. I'm going to listen to the songs we used to listen to. And I'm going to think about all the times we had and like what, you know, and I'm going to mourn the future that we didn't have. Like, I'm not saying that, but I think like if you, if you're able to like quiet that even for a minute, you can feel it in your body. And I think they say heartbreak because that's where you feel it really. Like if you're, if you're really paying attention to where you're feeling pain or stress or anything, and then you can just go through the process of feeling that and like processing it through your body. I feel much better today. I wasn't really allowing myself to feel that because I felt like I'm fine. I, I was so, I was astonished at how well I was handling the whole thing. I'm like, is this real? And I was talking to my Reiki healer who has helped me so much. And she's really like a therapist too. And she was like, I told you this was what would happen. Like you would just realize one day you're different and you're not like afflicted by the same things. But I, I couldn't believe it. And, but then I was sort of just across the board being like, I'm fine. And then yesterday was so confronting for me. Cause I was like, Oh, this actually is a bummer yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. And I just like sat with it and just like, didn't talk to anybody last night and ate some pasta and like just cried and and then was like I'm just gonna I feel okay like I just 
I feel okay. I don't need to really, I can feel sadness as it comes on, but I don't need to revisit any of the thoughts that I was having. Yeah. It moved through you. I loved what you said about essentially letting it out. I, with talking to people and also journaling my other podcast and all of my other work, including my book, which is about journaling is about this exact thing of, I think when we share things, it starts to dissipate a bit and you can see it and name it because you and Serena, my co-host, she has, you know, over 10 years of experience of self-awareness and unpacking this and you, it's, as well. And it's so clear. I feel like I'm still in the phase of warming up with myself and and Mm -hmm. learning about my triggers and then remembering and forgetting and remembering and forgetting. Um, So it's just, yeah, it's, it's a something that can slow us down, which I I think is really beautiful and needed and, and easier in this moment, which is a silver lining. Yeah. Agreed. You sound very self-aware to me. So maybe you just have it realized your own awareness yet. But I think the other thing too, and just hearing you say like remembering and forgetting and and as I was like learning a lot of that stuff too, I would always say like, but like I I would go to like a healing session and that so I would learn so much and I'd be like, wait, wait, tell me that part again. I gotta, I gotta write it down. And I and she would always say to me like, you trust me, you're going, you're just remembering. It's going to be a different kind of remembering. It's not like school. And so good. Yeah. And I was very, very uncomfortable with that concept. I was like, it, this needs to be written down and studied. Like I get very obsessive over information and like not clear on how we're learning, you know, like I don't, without proof, like I need proof. Like that's what was nice about school. You would like be tested. (laughs) And then, okay, yes, it's there. We have it here on paper. Basically, what she was saying is like, if you're open and ready, like your body absorbs the knowledge and then it will bring it back up when you need it. And I was like, right, (laughs) that's bullshit. But it's 100% true. Like now I am literally on the other side of that. I mean, that's what this experience has been for me, where this is all stuff that I was like, no way I would turn to dust if this happened and it all happened. And I, and like the wisdom that is coming out to present itself to me. And I'm like, Oh my God, I did learn all of that. I can't believe it. So I think you, I think this might be a really interesting time for you because I feel like you, some of what you've been trying to achieve is going to be tested and you may find that it actually is there, even though it's just not in the traditional way. Like you can't recall the information at times because you actually just don't need it at that time. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting and comforting. And I've had moments of that too, where I was like joking with a friend a couple of weeks ago when this wasn't what it was. And I was like, being quarantined would be my personal hell. Like that is the worst thing that could possibly happen. (laughs) And then now I've been able to reframe it really as, oh, this is just a masterclass for all the self-work I've been doing. And now I can integrate it. Which, you know, I go back and forth on that. Yeah, of course. Well, and you know what? I think that's the other thing. You can go back and forth. That's, that's where, that's the thing that I'm still getting over with myself is that you, you don't have to heal and grow perfectly that you can go forward, go back, go forward, go back. And like, I think as long as you're going a little bit more forward than you are back, 
it's okay. The idea that I'm a very, very black and white person. Like if it's not right, it's wrong. And it's, that's something I'm really trying to work through because that's like, that's actually not the case. I mean, what is right? What is wrong? What there are a million rights, a million wrongs. And I would, any little ping of anxiety or I think even how I was feeling yesterday, there was a voice inside my head being like, this is wrong. This is wrong. You are not, you should not be feeling this way. You're an optimist. This is wrong. And Betty, my Reiki healer, who, as you can see, is like a deity to me (laughs) because she's just has taught me so much, would always be like, that's not enlightenment is in the in-between. It's not not about being a perfectly enlightened person all the time. It's like being a human and like being all over the place, but knowing how to find your way back always. And I was like, yeah, that. so, you know, I think the, I think because we're so caught up in like doing things right. I mean, even now it's like, you're touching your face. You're not doing it right. You're not, you're not confining yourself correctly. You're not washing your hands correctly. It's like, okay, got it. But I think it's like just understanding that achievement isn't in like a gold medal every day. Sometimes you don't even get on that podium, but it doesn't mean that you failed. So I'm actually telling you that so that I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I always feel too. It's like when I learn something, I instantly want to try to teach it to someone else, not yes. to convert them, but just so I integrate it more. Yes. And yeah, I just deeply relate about being, my friend called me an idealist and an extremist recently. And I was like, oh, that's super correct. I need to be able to be more in the middle. And mm-hmm. Same. yeah. I wanted to ask you about mental health and dating Mm. and how to bring it up, when to bring it up, how to handle that, or or just any of your advice around dating in general. Mm. Well, I'm horrible at dating. I have horrible boundaries. When I met my ex-husband, I I mean, we also decided to get married within a week of knowing each other. But so obviously sometime in that first week, I told him that I had bipolar disorder. So I don't know if <laughs> I'm the one <laughs> that should be setting the example or the standard on how to handle it. But I think, you know, I think so much of that is really staying in touch with like your gut and your intuition and like letting your body alert you as to like when it feels safe and appropriate to share something scary. It doesn't even have to be your mental illness. You know, it could be, I mean, we all have scary things that, you know, that when do you, when do you discuss that? I think like, I would think it's different for everyone. I, again, I'm, and I'm such a proponent for going inside yourself to find those answers because what I have learned, especially over the last couple of years, is like they're all in there. We're just like looking for the wrong things to answer our questions and looking in the wrong places. And it's actually like inside of us and our body. And like we really devalue what a physical sensation in regards to like a question we're asking ourselves, like how much of the answer is held in that. And so like if you feel like if your mind is like, today is the day I got to talk about it, but the rest of your body feels very tight and tense, it's not the day. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah. That's something I want to write down, but I'm hoping I'll just remember later. (laughs) Well, you can ask me if it... Okay, great. And and when I... Because I'm just going to start writing the second book because I'm like, okay, I can see now where this has to continue. But I, I think it's like, 
the moment I started doing that, but just in life, it, it, and it applies to dating. I just haven't done that much dating. And I certainly live in a world where people can find out everything about me before they've even met me. So a lot of those conversations don't happen, but I think like really paying attention to how you're feeling in any given moment, there's, there's a lot of information there and like, Hey, sometimes it might be wrong. And sometimes you might not get the reaction you were thinking, but I think that's the only thing that you can honor because you actually can't control how the person that you're speaking to or sharing this really personal information with how they're going to handle it. And if they don't handle it like a champion, then it's a pretty good indication, no matter like how hot they are, (laughs) that there's no future there, you know? Yeah. Think how that feels. I had that happen to me recently where, you know, I was in a relationship with someone that I really, 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 really loved. And and I was had really gotten into the, the idea of like paying attention to what's going on in your body. Like forget about what your mind is telling you. And we had this conversation and I felt pain all over my body. And it wasn't necessarily the worst conversation. I was feeling disheartened, but my whole body was rejecting it. And I was like, I'm going to have to honor this right now. And then just never spoke again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is so sad and it's fine. And we'll probably, talk. I mean, it, it's that part's not worth getting into, but I had made the promise that like, if I feel something, I have to take away all of the questions that my mind's going to, but, but this, but what about this? With I was like, no, we're just going to start acting on these things. And it takes a while to build to that, but I think it's like at least worth starting to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. Ignoring that, I think hurts us and it's hard early or I know hurts us. It's hard early on. Like what, what would you say to someone like after a breakup or getting back into dating or just dating in general, there's a lot of anxiety around that because there's judgment baked Mm -hmm. in on, on both sides Mm -hmm. or just getting over kind of the hump of wanting to do it. If it's something that people want partnership in their lives, it's part of it. Yeah. I want to apologize for my dog barking. I've literally locked myself in the room furthest away from all animals and street noise. And yet proof, once again, we cannot hide from everything. I forgot what you asked me. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I didn't even, I didn't even hear. No. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah. Like how do you, Sorry. how do you date with anxiety or how do you get over yeah. the hump of like, yeah, yeah. I want to do this. I think I want to do this, but also like I'm scared and just how, yeah. yeah any advice I, for handling that? Here's what I think. I think the theme of all of this is and like something I'm just realizing more and more. I think we're all kind of putting the cart before the horse. I feel like you create a foundation for yourself where you are stable and aware and you know how to take care of yourself and you know how to like listen to your body and you know what to do with thoughts that have no business being up there handling every situation is like literally a no brainer you know like it, so i think i'm always going to direct you and anyone back to the part where it's like just look in like just look inwards and work on all of that. And then you're literally carrying around all of the answers that you need. Like, a, like it's literally like encyclopedias inside. 
and your brain and body will just know what to reference. It's the strangest thing ever, but it really is true. And so I think obviously that takes time and people don't want to wait and they want to date. Then I think it's just paying really close attention to how you're feeling and honoring that for yourself. You know, everyone is talking about like inner child and and there's actually a lot to that because essentially it's like, that just means like tending to yourself. And I think like with dating and relationships, it's very easy to quickly shift into tending to someone else and deprioritizing yourself. And it's just like, if you could avoid doing that and communing with someone, but not losing yourself in that, it's so important. I will say, and I don't know if I put this in the book, but that book attached, have you ever read that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Just to me, I mean, I read that in one night. I was like, same. <laughs> I'm shook. I I was in the uh, middle of something. Turns out I'm an anxious attacher. Yeah, and I was yeah. me too. Losing, <laughs> losing it. And I'm like, I'm a grown woman. Why am I acting like a 13-year-old girl right now? Yeah. And there's science, you know, there's like all of this thing. So it's so, I mean, that's not gonna that's not gonna answer all of the questions you just had about dating, but I think like it's a perfect example of how you can just arm yourself with a little bit more information. So that doesn't solve everything, but it makes me understand like, okay, there are attachment styles, how you attach and how someone else is attaching may cause problems. It can all be solved through communication. How do you communicate? You know, it's like everything always leads back to these sort of fundamental things. I, you would, you should read five love languages. That's a great book too. And you know, I mean, I think it's like, But I always think I'm going to put us back in the same place, which is like, we have all the answers. We Mm -hmm. just have to like go to that school. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so funny because even me asking these questions, I have a little bit of like Michael Singer self-awareness where it's like, I so want it to be a piece of advice or a person or a pill, but it's always the same answer, which is inside me yeah. slow down these slow yeah. things are where it always is but i think as humans we just we want it to be the thing jen gotch is going to tell me on my podcast or like hey, the but it might thing help. i can read yeah i can't it, i mean i'm definitely going to at least tell you one thing that's going to help or reinforce something that you already know and you just don't think you know so i i don't think and and certainly to be clear like i'm not advocating like you're the only answer it's just that you have the answers. How they get activated could be from watching a movie, could be from talking to me, could be from reading a book, you know, going on a walk, going to therapy, going to school, or just looking inwards or meditating or taking mushrooms. I don't know. We got all yeah. got a lot of time to do whatever we want. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I so I think it's like, I think it's about being open to knowing that like, you may ask me all these questions and I may give you all these answers and you may not feel like I've answered your questions, but maybe I have, (laughs) you know, and it, and it's, I'm, I'm like triggering something inside of you that you, that you'll find out in three months from now. It's just like, you know, so yeah. uh, Yeah. It gets in there and 
it's probably a combination of all of those things. It's we're all kind of a collage of everything we pick up. And, and now is, I think, a really great time to start to integrate it all or right? what I'm going to try to do. All right. I loved her. I love you guys. I'm going to give you my likes and learns now for the week. Again, what haven't I been learning? I've been learning so much. Um, I think one thing is that journaling has been so useful to me. I decided to, after that workshop that I hosted, offer journaling sessions. So I'll do private journaling sessions with people because I think that I have this knack just because I've been doing it for so long of figuring out prompts that are really well suited for whatever moment someone's wanting to communicate with their inner self about. So I started doing these private journaling sessions with people because people asked me to do them. So they're now available and you can book one if you'd like. And I'd like to offer one for free. So if you send me a message on Instagram to the let it out account, I'm making this very specific, and you send a lemon. And I'm choosing a lemon because that's the first thing I see outside of my window. So send me the emoji of a lemon and that you want to do a journaling session. And the first one that I get, I will do for free. These sessions have been really great and useful to people, and I'm really happy to keep doing them. So that's one thing I'm learning and something I'm liking. Okay, this is going to be heavy in the snack category. So stay with me. These are the snacks that I'm liking in this moment. So much granola, you guys. Just an incredible amount of granola. And I've been having these very intricate, deep conversations, <laughs> really getting inside baseball with granola and what we like about granola, what we don't like about granola, the nut, oat ratio, too sweet, not sweet enough, crunchy enough, not crunchy enough. With my friend, Carolina, we have these like nightly phone calls and she found this brand of granola called Michelle's. They sell it at Whole Foods, at least on the East Coast. I haven't found it, but she's very into it. So I, I am recommending something I haven't even tried, but I really trust her taste. I haven't found a granola that I love yet, so I don't even have anything to share there. But if you have a granola that's your favorite, could you guys help me out and tell me? That would be really useful. I've also been eating a lot of pistachios within the shells, opening them up and getting them out. And it's just very, very cathartic and tactile. So I highly recommend that. I've been drinking a lot of this stuff called Olipop, O-L-I-P-O-P. This is not sponsored, but oh my God, I'm open to it. I'm very into the strawberry vanilla variety. It's this probiotic, this sounds like an ad, but it's a probiotic, prebiotic, I guess, sparkling tonic. And it has like three grams of sugar and it's just a delight. I'm very into it. Also, when I've been going to the grocery store, most of the milks are gone. So I typically get like almond milk or maybe macadamia nut milk, but all of those have been gone if there's been any milk at all. So I've kind of been rationing the milk that I do have by like putting a little bit of water in there, which sounds disgusting, but is actually okay. I got walnut milk the other day, you guys. Before that, I got cashew milk, which isn't as niche, but I got walnut milk and hazelnut milk. And I highly recommend both. They were really good. So maybe try a different milk, you know, tis the season. To try new things to your home a lot. 
And what else? You know, just doing my today in fruit. I've been making a lot of infusions. I made a an infusion. We're going to do an episode on herbalism coming up, but I made an infusion with nettle, alfalfa, horsetail. I am needing to grow out my hair. I had like a weird haircut. They thinned out my hair too much. So it's just like making it really big, (laughs) bigger than it normally is. And so I'm trying to grow out these like intense layers that just look kind of funny right now. Good time to be growing out like a weird bang issue or like a bad haircut, you know, not seeing anyone. Anyway, that's, that's where I am, you guys. Serena and I talk in spiraling about our anxiety management tools, and I've talked about it here before, but CBD is really useful to me. And my favorite brand, my favorite producer of CBD is Cured Nutrition, and they're sponsoring today's episode. If you haven't used CBD, maybe now is the time to start. It's most commonly incorporated into wellness regimens to improve sleep, decrease inflammation, reduce the body's stress load. I use it sometimes before bed or or during the day when I'm feeling a bit anxious and I love their treats. They make these cookie dough snacks that are really, really great. And they have these mushroom plus CBD blends. They have, like I said, snacks and tinctures, and they even have dog treats. And all of them work with your body's natural system to produce clear benefits without the worry of the psychoactive component. And not many other companies can say that their products are completely locally sourced and crafted in-house. They have this very cool farm to bottle business model and they're made in boulder colorado i got to meet them i really really love this company each product is third party tested for potency and purity and it has the absence of any harmful contaminants like pesticides or heavy metals and they're just fully transparent which i love and you can read more about that on their website but again i love this company i am finding cbd really useful right now and just normally so check out cured if you've been wanting to try cbd or you just need a refill (laughs) you can use the code let it out and that's good for 15 percent off your order again that's let it out and that's good for 15 percent off your order So I've been trying to stay really hydrated lately, which is not easy for me. I'm not great at remembering to drink water, but today's episode is brought to you by Hydrant and they create these flavored electrolyte packets that you can mix right into your water. And each rapid hydration mix has four essential electrolytes that your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. And they help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day, which is pretty cool. And this is apparently backed by science and research. And it was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, effective hydration with no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners, which I really love. My friend actually first gave me a hydrant packet months ago, way before they were a sponsor. When I was sick, I had a sinus infection and she was like, you need to do something about that. Like, take this, drink a lot of water. And it really helped. It reminded me to drink more water. I liked the taste of it. And there's really nothing, you know, on the market that can help with a hangover. But they do say that these packets tend to help because hydration is so important after a night of drinking because alcohol dehydrates you and has this diuretic effect. So a lot of people use hydrant 
to help replace the lost fluids and give you some more electrolytes when you've been drinking or when you've been sick. And so anyway, I, I haven't really been drinking in a very long time, but you know, I can see how that would be helpful. So hydrant is really effective and it's cost effective too. It starts at just a dollar per packet for their 30 day supply. And you can get 25% off your first order when you go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code, let it out at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code, let it out for 25% off your first order. Again, that's drinkhydrant.com promo code, let it out. Thanks, Hydrant. You're the best. I hope that you have a great week. I hope you're doing okay. Let me know if you need me, if you need anything at all. I'm here. If you want to start a podcast, feel free. My workshop is going to begin next week. So if you want to be in that, I would love to have you. It's the last time I'm going to run it because I'm going to be doing some different things. But I would love to have you. Let me know. Use the code Let It Out to save $25. And I, I would love to have as many of you guys in that workshop as possible. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. The emoji of this week's episode is the orange. So please comment that on my latest Instagram post. Let me know how you're feeling as well. And follow Let It Out. It's Let It Out with three T's on Instagram. And I've been posting there and I will continue to post there more. But I love you guys. And it really means a lot that you're here. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you next week.